Hey everybody, this is Nick from Equip Apologetics. Uh, if you're following along in our Read Scripture program, uh, we're coming up to Joshua 5, uh, verses 13, 14, and 15. This is a very unique piece of Scripture I just wanted to go over with everybody, uh, so we know what we're looking at here. One of the challenges we have to overcome as Christians is this idea of the Trinity. Uh, you don't actually see the word Trinity in the Bible anywhere. Uh, that shouldn't bother us, so there's lots of words we don't see. Uh, for example, we don't see the word rapture in the Bible, even though everyone knows about it. Uh, we don't see the word atheist, even though those are in the Bible as well. Uh, we don't see omnipotent, we don't see incarnation, we don't see divinity. Uh, so there's lots of words that the, the concept is very apparent throughout Scripture, but the word itself is not in there. And uh, contrary to the secular idea, we did not create this idea of the Trinity. We arrived at this idea of the Trinity just by understanding the context of the, of the scriptures we have in front of us. Now this story right here, Joshua 5, uh, verses 13, 14, and 15, is a very strong case for this idea that Jesus, a man, was in fact God in the form of the Trinity. Uh, Joshua meets this uh, visitor that he is unaware of who he is, and then we see it, this unfold in the story here. Now, traditional Judaism will teach that this is an angel that Joshua has an encounter with. Uh, but the context does not suggest angel at all. Uh, here's what happens. Joshua sees this guy. It's, he says specifically, I saw a man. Uh, it's not a vision. It's not a dream. And he doesn't say it's an angel either, even though people have already met angels at this point in Scripture. He says, I saw a man standing there facing Jericho with a sword drawn in his hand. Uh, now, this is very much just a human man. In fact, Joshua almost tried to fight him. He challenged this man. He said, hey, are you for us or against us? And the man answers and says, no, you're asking the wrong question. Uh, but as commander of the Lord's army, or uh, some translations even say as captain of the Lord's army, um, either one is fine. He says, as commander of the Lord's army, I am now here. And how Joshua responds to this is pretty unique. He falls on his face on the ground. Um, traditional Judaism would say he's bowing in a, in a greeting here. You see this in uh, Genesis 19, when Lot sees the two angels before they go and uh, destroy Sodom. But in the text is a little bit different there. It says Lot bows toward the ground, you know, face toward the ground. It's more of a greeting. What we see in Joshua is that Joshua fell all the way face first, flat on the ground. Uh, that is no greeting. That'd be very awkward to say, hey guys, welcome, you made it, glad to see you, let me just drop to the floor and push a position now, get my shirt all dirty. Uh, you guys find the place okay? Is the traffic alright? Cool. That is not what we see here with Joshua. Uh, he's laying flat on the ground here in Joshua 5. And uh, what the response from this person is even more unique. Uh, you can look in uh, Daniel 10, when Daniel has a, co a conversation with an angel who shows up. Daniel tries to worship the angel, he gets on the ground, the same position as Joshua, but the angel stops him. Uh, the angel says the angel picks him up and sits him upright. Uh, now uh, Daniel himself stayed on his knees, but that's because he was fasting for three weeks and he was about to pass out. He's no longer worshiping. There's a few other points in Scripture we can see as well where someone attempts to worship an angel. Uh, I believe it's Revelation 19, uh, like Re Revelation 19, uh, around verses 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Uh, John's having this vision. He attempts to worship an angel, and the angel says, don't do that, basically um, conveying the idea that we're both going to be in trouble if God catches you trying to worship me. He says, I'm a servant of God just like you are. But here with Joshua, that's not the response we get from this person. Uh, this person, in essence, is almost saying, when he sees Joshua fall to the ground, he almost says, smart move, good call. In fact, take off your shoes because the ground you're standing on right now is holy. And the person in front of Joshua is accepting this form of worship. And it says at the very end of Joshua 5.15 that Joshua did so. 
We've seen this before, actually. This is exactly what God himself says through the burning bush when he's talking to Moses. He says, remove your shoes because the ground you're standing on is holy. That's huge. This is no longer an angel, especially evident of the events that follow. Uh, one of the greatest victories in military history happens when the walls of Jericho crash to the ground. And immediately after that, we'll read in the next few chapters here, uh, Joshua's army suffers a huge defeat to this little puny town of Ai because some nobody named Achan took some things that didn't belong to him and God was not with the entire army. So it's not possible to say that Joshua and whoever this person is got away with worshiping and being worshipped, which is idolatry, and then God grants them the greatest victory in military history. There's no way that would have happened. So the problem now is that the text still says this is just a man. It's not the angel of the Lord, like we've seen before. Um, it's not a vision. It's not a dream. It's just a person here. And we know that from the conversation Moses had a while back with God, uh, Moses said, hey, can I see you? And God says, no, no man can see me and live. So I'll hide you up here in this rock and then I'll walk past you and you can see my afterglow. Remember that story? So this is one of the instances where the Trinity is crystal clear. You know, nobody can see the Father and live, but anyone can see the Son and be just fine. And the way this figure initially identified himself is very unique as well. If it was God the Father taking the form of a human, then he could have just said, No, but as myself, I have now come. Or, No, but as the commander of my own army, I have now come. I'm now here. He doesn't say that, though. He says, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And again, traditional Judaism would use that to believe that it's an angel saying, oh, it's part of the army, but this is not someone who's part of the army. He's explaining that he's the authority over the army. And I don't think we should really have an issue with, uh, with this person shifting the ownership of the army to the father. If it is the son, that'd be like saying that my wife and I own a car together, but it's her car. It's that, there's that kind of relationship here. It's not really that much of a conflict. So this is just a very unique piece of scripture here in the Old Testament, uh, showing that Jesus is Lord. Um, just wanted to break this down for everybody, that Joshua sees someone who is just completely a regular human in front of him there, and then he ends up worshiping this human. This human identifies himself as the authority over the Lord's army, and then this worship is accepted, and obviously God sees and knows everything, and God accepts this as well because he grants Joshua this military victory immediately following this interaction here. And there's, uh, there's lots of other points we'll go over in the future as we keep reading through the scriptures over uh, evidence for the Trinity, and we'll, uh, we'll break those down as we, as we come to them. See you guys later.